0: It's HSK Today, a weekly in-depth look at the Henderson Silver Knights
1: and the AHL with your host, Brian McCormick. And here we go. Hello, everyone. Good afternoon. Great to have you with us. This is HSK Today. Brian McCormick here, you there, Jared Justice back in the studio on the other side of the glass as we talk horse hockey for the next one hour and get you ready for tomorrow night, which finally... Finally is opening day for the AHL season. Great to have you with us. Lots to cover. Lots of hockey on the last 48 hours, which is a very good thing and a very bad thing for me simultaneously. It's a very good thing because there's tons of hockey to watch, uh, and I can't get enough. That's been a problem of mine for about, oh, 25 years now, so it hasn't stopped. The problem is, is that this week with opening day coming, there's a lot to do. A lot of paperwork, a lot of prep stuff, uh, so I'm not my most productive over the last couple of days, between 4 and roughly 8.30, but we're, we're trying to cram in as much as we can as we get ready for the first two games of the season this weekend, Friday and Sunday, both at the Orleans Arena, and uh, I, I am very excited to see what the Orleans Arena, and, and frankly the entire league, but you know home is where the heart is, see what uh, we look like in a, let, let's call it, A normal setting. Obviously, there's no uh, attendance restrictions, still masks in some buildings, including our own, but uh, last year, when it was just such a a gift to be able to have 1,500, then 3,000 people, and then uh, over 7,000 for the last game of the year at T-Mobile Arena against the Bakersfield Condors last year, but you just got that steady growth, that steady reminder of what it's like to have that buzz, that energy back in the building, and uh, from the get-go this season, we are going to have uh, as many people as we can possibly pack into this building. So right now I am at Orleans Arena. That's uh, that was the easiest place to set up to do the show from, and uh, kind of the calm before the storm. Sitting in a completely empty building, but plenty of potential, as uh, I expect this place will be rocking tomorrow night. Lots of uh, lots of cover to get to get ready for that. First of all, anybody who wants to be a part of the program and chime in with your thoughts, uh, always welcome. You can send them uh, to me on Twitter at Brian J. McCormick, at Brian J. McCormick, M-C-C-O-R-M-A-C-K. Uh, happy to, to answer whatever questions you may have that you want to throw in. Uh, in the meantime, we're going to catch up in our next segment with goaltender Logan Thompson. Give us a little bit of uh, reflection on last year's successes, this year's goals, and what he gained from his uh, pretty impressive stint at VGK training camp where uh, at, at one point Pete DeBoris said when he was asked uh, this was – Prior, if I'm remembering correctly, my uh, my order of operations, I think this was prior to the game in Denver that Logan Thompson started and won. Uh, basically, are, are you, uh, Pete DeBoer, under the impression, are you comfortable with the idea that if called upon, Logan Thompson could play NHL games, could actually be used not just for emergency's sake, but if you need to call someone up uh, due to injury or whatever else, would you be confident to use Logan Thompson uh you know, without uh, without pause, without hesitation. He said yes. He said, you know, not so much from what he saw last year from Logan Thompson in, you know, a, a shortened AHL season. That was impressive, but that in and of itself wasn't enough. Uh, but with what he's done in camp and in his preseason games, like, yeah, he's proven that he's NHL capable. Uh, and, of course, Logan Thompson will continue to build from there. So uh, it, it was a good fall for Logan Thompson, and now he's uh, in the mix for – the HSK to start the season. So we'll catch up with him. Uh, and then at the bottom of the hour, we'll hop on with Patrick Williams of, uh, well, he, he's you can read him in most places. He's essentially the preeminent AHL insider uh, who has written for NHL.com, Elite Prospects, and now just recently uh, announced that he will be writing features regularly uh, for the AHL website at theahl.com. So, uh, lots to catch up on. Going to get a little bit of perspective from uh, around the league with uh, with Patrick. And again, happy to hear from you if you want to reach out to us on the Twitter machine. Well, looking to tomorrow, and and you know, usually we we're going to be at you know. It'll be part of tomorrow's show, no question, breaking down exactly what the HSK roster looks like to start the season. The rosters will, will be submitted today, submitted to the league today, uh, and I imagine probably are going to become public knowledge, probably become public knowledge tomorrow. Uh, of course, the team's going to play tomorrow, so you're going to know at some point tomorrow, but I think early in the day uh, is when you'll get an idea of what the HSK Opening day roster is going to look like, and that roster, you know, impacted right now. There's there's an injury bug on both ends of the equation, uh, both with the VGK, which has been pretty well documented to this point, uh, and the HSK, a little bit banged up as well. So uh, that's that's just going to open up opportunities for players to get more ice time, and uh, even players who maybe at the start of camp perhaps would have been on that bubble of uh, is he ready for AHL hockey, or could he use some time in Fort Wayne? Well, some of those players. Uh, are going to be thrust into AHL duty from the outset is what it looks like. Uh, I, again, I think one player who fits that description of uh, and and it's not a secret because he was here in a tryout capacity, but had a heck of a tryout was Lyndon McCallum. Lyndon McCallum had three goals in three preseason games. If you want to tack on the work he did in the uh, the rookie tournament, that's five goals in six show yourself outings. Uh, Lyndon McCallum very very good around the net especially. Uh, you know, he's a player that uh, right now is still practicing with the, with the Silver Knights, so you anticipate he might have a, a really good shot of not only cracking that lineup, uh, or, or should I say cracking the roster, but getting uh, playing time in the early going as well uh, as the Silver Knights work their way back to full strength. So we'll learn more on that tomorrow, uh, but I, I think it's going to be interesting. And, and frankly, I guess there's two ways you can go philosophically on this. If you're going to have a bit of an injury bug, if you're going to be trying to get back to 100%, would you rather do it Midseason, where let's say let's say twenty games in, twenty games in, you get a little bit banged up uh, from a team standpoint. But at that point, mm-hmm. if we look at the twenty game mark for the Silver Knights last season, you're seventeen and three, so you have a little bit of cushion to uh, you know to come down a bit if you if you're trying to work through some some difficulties. Now, to predict any team at all. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, the Colorado Avalanche, the the G- Harlem Globetrotters to predict them to go 17 and three through their first 20. That's an unfair expectation, uh, despite the fact they did it last year. There's a reason we talked about it so much, is because it was outstanding, uh, and literally outstanding from anything else we'd ever seen before. Is the best 20 game start in AHL history. So we we can't particularly anticipate something of that nature uh, without being a little bit selfish. Having said that. You could have, a you know, 20 games and then you get a little bit banged up and, and you have a cushion to work back from. Or would you rather it strike you now at the start of the season where, sure, it probably hampers you getting out of the gate a little bit. Everyone wants to start with their their picture-perfect dream lineup. But uh, to, to harken back to something else Pete DeBoer said during training camp when he talked about the— the imperfections we saw on the ice for uh, dur- during the exhibition schedule for the VGK he said well that you know there's a reason that preseason and early regular season hockey look the way they look it's not always pretty out of the gate and especially with the American hockey league despite how much time, how much all these players have played together over the last couple of weeks in in uh, NHL camps you know they haven't necessarily had as many reps as they would like going into opening day. It's two weeks of AHL specific camp, a couple of preseason games. Uh, it's it's usually ten games maybe into the season before every everyone's banging on all cylinders and really feeling comfortable with their game and with their systems and with the the routine that comes with a season where you, your body starts to go on autopilot. So if if you're gonna see good teams making mistakes if you're going to see teams be less than their ideal in the first 10 games isn't that kind of the time where you'd like to be in this scenario where some of your go-to guys are not available made for the first couple of games but young guys uh, who are hungry and just have earned an opportunity because of how well they played in camp. Again, Lyndon McCallum, uh, Blake Siebenhuller had a very good camp. Uh, Tyler Bush showed size and physicality. If, if those guys are going to be in the mix, this is a perfect time for them to A, prove themselves and, and grab the bull by the horns. And also, for an HSK perspective, you might not be facing a Bakersfield-Condors team in, in October, they don't face them in October, or, or actually as I talk in circles here, uh, they do late in the month, but but the point is regardless of who's across the way, it's going to be a better version of that team you're facing in January. You're going to be a better version of yourselves in January. Uh, if there's a time now to, to let there be uh, an experimental ground uh, to, to get a good look at guys in regular season action and, and against regular season competition, uh, to me, I'd rather do it now. I'd rather deal with that now than to, to have the same scenario play out uh, around Christmas time. You use use the freshness, the newness, the uh, the imperfections of everyone on both sides. Use that to your advantage. Now is the time to to surprise people. So you know I I, I will see what the roster looks like uh, again tomorrow morning is when we'll probably have it uh, public. Um, but you have to you have to imagine there's, there's probably going to be a couple of uh, players who get to uh, extend their show me something stretch uh, into the regular season this weekend, and you know for the HSK they've they're dealing with some of their own issues in terms of the the you know uh, getting back to full strength, but part of it too is is the VGK uh, injury situation that has drawn up several uh, silver nights over the first week of the regular season. You had Pavel Dorofiev make his NHL debut on. Uh, on Tuesday, and I think he played about four and a half minutes, roughly, so you know, used used in spot situations, but nonetheless, one NHL game under the belt for Pavel Dorofiev who then went back to the HSK, and it was announced this morning that Jake LeCision and Jonas Romberg will be in the lineup tonight against the Kings, so it's going to be the NHL debuts for Jake LeCision and Jonas Romberg, and I think what's so fascinating about uh, the availability given by Pete DeBoer this morning, he talked about for both of those players, uh, the, the, the details, you know, the maturity in their game and the attention to details, to do the simple things, to, to really, uh, and not in a cliche manner, of like, oh, just you know get pucks in deep and uh, stick to our systems. No, they, they play very detail-oriented hockey to the extent that the coaching staff can trust them. Now, I don't know how much ice time they're going to get tonight, obviously, but when you look at what they did in, in preseason, both LeCision and Romberg, Hard to play against, responsible on the forecheck, and responsible in terms of their positioning on the ice. Very rarely did we see either of those two players, who are still young players, uh, completely caught out of position or not filling the right lanes and leaving someone wide open. You know, it was very detail-oriented, almost like players who, who knew going in saying to themselves, like, hey, I'm going to control what I can control, and I'm going to make sure that if I make a mistake, it's not something stupid. If I if there's a mistake, if there's an error, an error, it's going to be because of my lack of experience and not my lack of paying attention. Uh, and I think that's the kind of attitude and execution that certainly stood out to the to the Vgk staff over the course of the last few weeks. Because this is not the first time that Ron Bjerg and Lucicin have been called up together. They were called up together last week at the end of preseason. Uh, so we get a little bit of insight, a little bit of a, a look into the window, I think, for this coaching staff of who they anticipate will be their, the players they call up. Now, of course, this all changes from from week to week, game to game. Players fluctuate and evolve and, and improve or, or in, in some cases, fall off. Um, but right now, you can definitely tell that if uh, if Pete DeBoer needs two young guys to fill in who are going to play responsible hockey and that he doesn't really have to worry about them not being up to handle an assignment, that uh and Ron too, that off the hop he felt comfortable... Giving that kind of an opportunity to, so they're going to get it tonight. Uh, we're, we'll get a look at both of them in uh, in VGK wear, and and I think it'll be interesting to keep an eye on. Uh, it'll be interesting to keep an eye on what their ice time is, what their utilization is, but also playing against the L.A. Kings team uh, at Staples Center, who had the last change. What matchups does Todd McClellan look to get against young guys like LeCision and Ron Romberg? So you have to imagine they're going to get a couple of tough draws. And these are two players that last year Manny Vivero's always put out against the top line across the way. So they're used to playing shutdown hockey. They're used to doing it against the other team's best. But of course the caliber is going to bump up in the National Hockey League. Uh, what what matchups do they have forced upon them? How do they handle them? And how does the coaching staff uh, do what what they can do? Uh, without last change to to put those guys in favorable situations. And, and again, how much ice will they get? At the very least, from an HSK perspective, it's going to be fun to watch them uh, making their uh, NHL debuts. So we're going to step aside when we come back. We're going to hop on with Logan Thompson, who will talk to us about how he's getting ready for this regular season, what he learned over the last few weeks, and, uh, well, what uh, the – bastion award for league's best goaltender last year meant to him that's straight ahead on hsk today brian mccormick here with you on 12:30 of the game the silver knights radio network is this the crusty crab no this is patrick is this the crusty crab
0: no this is patrick
1: is this the crusty crab no This is HSK Today. Well, the Silver Knights begin their charge to a Calder Cup tomorrow night at the Orleans Arena. They need your help to create the best home ice advantage in the American Hockey League. Single game tickets are available now at HendersonSilverKnights.com. HendersonSilverKnights.com. Huzzah! Well, back on HSK Today, Brian McCormick here, you there, Jared Justice on the other side of the glass, and on the phone joining us before tomorrow's season opener is goaltender Logan Thompson. Logan, thanks for taking the time today. Appreciate it.
2: Yeah, of course. No problem at all.
1: So, Logan, I, I wonder for-, for you, now you've been back uh, in Vegas for a few weeks now and-, and spent a little time in the summer in Vegas as well getting ready for this season, so I'm sure you feel like you're uh, you know, whatever rust or cobwebs there might have been. Uh, are well knocked off, but for you guys, for for you in particular, actually, what was the difference between this summer and last summer? This summer coming in having the the year you had last year versus you know two summers ago coming into essentially what was a a new organization.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean you know obviously last year you know coming into a, a new new group, new guys, new management uh, for me. Um, you know obviously a little nervous, and you know with you i of you know how long the season's going to be. Our plan, you know, with COVID um so yeah that was a little different um this year you know it was way more comfortable obviously you know we had a really successful team last year and you know the coaching staff same you know same coaching staff same management which is uh which is nice and it's awesome and and you know a good group of you know the core guys coming back with us bringing back you know some good veterans so no it's just you know a lot more comfortable i'm you know i'm excited i'm eager um you know i'm to keep doing my, you know, same thing and just keep proving people wrong. And um, I think we're going to have a good year. We have a great team, and I'm really excited for it.
1: You're, you're a very competitive guy, and you had, a, again, a career year last year. To, to win the Goaltender of the Year Award, to you personally, I know I know you're going to say that, uh, you know, that the team had a lot to do with it, and of course that's true, but did it mean a lot to you to, to have that standing against, you know, uh, other goaltenders in the league? Yeah. Um.
2: I mean, obviously I mean it means something. I think for me it was just, you know, I you know, a lot of these guys that have been playing, you know, three or four years in the American League, you know, I used to play with growing up and you know, I kept being, you know, told, you know, that I was never good enough or these guys are, you know, that much more above me. So I mean put the award aside, I don't really play for that. I just wanted, you know, every time I play against these guys to, you know, show that, you know, I could play with them and and compete with them and that that's kinda my biggest thing is you know, every time I'm looking across the ice at the other goalie.
1: Well, was there a point last year when you went from maybe there's a particular game, maybe not, but where you went from, hey, I'm off to a good start, this is going well, to I've got you know I've got a handle on this league, I'm playing great hockey, you know, a, a confidence shift. Was there a point where you could feel a, a basically a turn in, in expectations you had for yourself?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that first month, you know, I think the team started off. I think it was you know eight wins in a row as a team or something like that. I just, you know, it's the confidence thing. I think I can, it's not even, you know, me necessarily. I think it was the whole team. I think we just, you know, we had this, you know, this vibe in our dressing room. Like, we're going to go out there and and, and win every game and and, and compete. You know, we're in a, every player was, you know, I think had that much confidence last year, which led to, I think, you know, team success um, and and good chemistry. I think it was just a a whole team mindset, to be honest.
1: We're talking with Logan Thompson. Uh, You and and several of the players in your locker room with you now at, 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 lifeguard arena had substantial experience over the last few weeks at vgk camp how valuable was it to have those uh nhl looks and also nhl preseason action
2: yeah it, it was exciting you know i think that was you know technically my, my first start um and, you know it was preseason um you know i think it's a good gauge point for for me and the other guys who got to play you know you get to see where you're at you know you know colorado you're playing against uh, you know frank too you know colorado's Know, back up and, you know, a lot of their big guns and McKinnon and all that. So I think it's just a good, you know, see where you're at, you know, how you feel, what you need to work on and, and you know, what you need to do to, to get to that level and, and,
1: you know, so you can stick up there for good. What kind of things make up the gap between the American Hockey League and the NHL? I'm sure if, from a goaltending standpoint, I'm sure, you know, some of the shots come through harder and the guys are coming at you faster, but what else makes up that, that gap in, in talent jump from one level to the next?
2: I just think it's, um, you know, it's definitely to compete and you can't cheat. From a goalie standpoint, you know, maybe in other leagues you can, you know, cheat, fade back and, and kind of read passes and cheat towards other passes and other plays. But, you know, I, I think when you're up there, it doesn't matter what line, you know, it's the fourth line or first line, you know, everyone there can, can score. and They can catch you, right? So I think you just got to you know, really trust your game and and be patient because, uh, you know, up there you know, the error for mistake is so, so small I and mean, if you – you know, or, or cheating, or fading back, or playing shallow. I mean, it doesn't matter what line you're going to get caught. And, and being a goalie, you know, every mistake ends up at the back of the net, right? So, um, you know, you can't really have much room for mistakes. Or you know, you're going to put your team behind and and put them in holes, which you know is a goalie you really hate to do.
1: See, that's really interesting because I would have thought I would have thought that might be an uh, a discovery when you're practicing against, let's say, Max Pacioretty every day you know, maybe there's a, maybe you're leaving a little room over your shoulder that you just weren't aware of because nobody ever hits it at the NHL level. <laughs> do, do NHL shooters teach you a little bit about uh, how you're positioned?
2: Yeah, you know, I find that with the NHL, it's just you can be in position and they still find those holes, right? And every <laughs> player is just so talented. You can, you can be there taking away as much of that as you want, but they're still going to find that, that little hole. And I think that separates, you know, those guys too, right? I mean, the American League is a great league, but you know once these guys, shooters, get more confident and experience the league, they learn to hit those those awkward spots that, you know, um, that are there, and I think that's what makes it so elite, and that makes the NHL, you know, what it is, and the greatest league in the world.
1: We're at Logan Thompson now. Logan, you're a tall goaltender at six four. exceptionally, oh my God, look at that tower of power, tall. But you're there. There are five eleven goalies, there are six two goalies, you're a six four goalie. Are there challenges? that uh, you, as you develop, I mean, I, I imagine there are advantages to taking up more space, and having longer limbs, but I imagine that, the, that if you're bigger, the holes are bigger too. How do you adjust to those things?
2: Yeah. It's, uh, you know, for, for me, it's kind of the opposite. You know, I, I'm a big guy and I like to play low and aggressive, um, you know, almost like flurry-like, but maybe a little, I get a little lower than that. Um, yeah. No, for, for me, it's just learning to actually use my body more to my advantage. Um, you know, like I said, when you give, good shooters net they're going to shoot at it so I got to learn to to trust my body more and take away discouraged shooters um so I think that's the biggest thing for me is just just learning to actually use my my 6'4 body frame more um and and to my benefit
1: what were the kind of things in training camp I imagine you had a chance to talk a little bit with Robin Leonard Lauren Brassois were there any pointers they were able to give that were particularly valuable
2: yeah it's kind of like as I you know I just touched up on it you know being bigger you know what their players see. And, you know, if you, you know, take away their eyes from what they, what they see, they don't want to shoot there. Right. So even if if I'm making the save and I'm giving them, you know, the top corner, they're still going to shoot there. And eventually you're going to get caught. So it's just, you know, taking away and using your body. I think Lenny and Berstois, they're, they're both a similar style. Um, you know, last year with Flower and, and Lenny, they are a little different, but um, the, you know, two boys this year are both, you know, really, you know, big bodies, calm and control and, and let the puck, you know, hit them and, um, that's something I can definitely, you know, steal and, and try to adapt into my game is and more for for sure.
1: I'm talking with Logan Thompson, goaltender for the Silver Knights, and and Logan, uh, we saw a video go out on social the other day of uh, basically during team media day, you were walking around with a Polaroid camera, having some fun, goofing around a bit. Is it uh, what's the atmosphere in the dressing room right now? Like you said, a lot of returning guys, but some some new faces as well. What's the vibe? I think guys are excited.
2: Um, I, that's one thing about you know playing in Vegas and Henderson. You know it, it's really easy to come to the rink every day. You know we have fun. We have a really good group. It, it's a close group. Um, you know we love playing hockey, but at the same time we're having fun. You know there's there's been some times where you come to the rink and you just don't want to be there, but that's not the case. Um, you know these last two years now in Henderson, you know everyone likes being there. We all want to play for each other. We all have fun. You know on the side, which which makes it that much easier. I think it's a, a team bonding thing, right? When everyone's having fun, you the chemistry just keeps going up. So I, I think we're eager to get out there and tomorrow's gonna be a really fun night um i remember you know you always get you know nervous for the home opener and the big crowd and yeah we just kind of wait we want to you know hit the season running for sure i
1: i wonder i kind of get in the preseason you kind of get into those uh those dog days where you're like oh gosh can opening day just get here already and then at the same time opening day can can kind of creep up on you also have have you uh been counting down days to tomorrow or has it come kind of quickly
2: uh, I mean, obviously you count down days and and preseason like you like you said you know, it, it gets old. It's, you know, you're playing games, you're trying to be competitive, but at the same time, you know, you don't want to get hurt or and, and stuff like that. I, I think, yeah, I think everyone you know has been counting down days to the home home opener, and it does creep up. I think it's like counting for Christmas, and then eventually Christmas comes around, right? So right. this is our Christmas. We're we're excited, and uh, yeah, we're ready to go.
1: Last year, Logan, you broke out the uh, the full silver set, silver pad gloves, uh, blocker. Any uh, fashion adjustments for this year, or is that the look we're sticking with?
2: Uh, for the first set, um, definitely just went back to a simple uh, VGK set. But uh, I'm working on a, a Silver Knights fan or a Silver Knights set. Um, you know, it's still a work in progress. If any fans definitely have any ideas, I'm open to it. So I'm always down for uh, something exciting
1: are you are goalies competitive about that about the uh, the look i know as kids we all grew up we all knew what every goaltender's mask paint job looked like you can pick them out uh, like a like a trivia game but do you guys talk about that or give each other a hard time about that
2: uh i mean i think it's, it's exciting it's cool um like i said last year i wanted to do all gold but um someone beat me to it so <laughs> um yeah there's always you're always trying to race to, to have the coolest and and first idea so that's kind of what i wanted to do you know i still I couldn't do all gold so I decided to do all silver but no it's exciting uh, I think it's in a way you're competitive because you always want to have the, the nice or the coolest or be different and that's in my case I like to be different so no I, I'm that's that's kind of where I sit on that
1: Before we let you go Logan we talked about opening days tomorrow the first of 68 it's going to be a long season a long journey but a fun one uh, and this year in Vegas we, we have uh, full capacity so you know we saw more fans last year as the year went along and that was kind of uh you kind of cherished it as it as it developed but uh are you guys excited about the the potential for for uh, full buildings again
2: no absolutely um you know you go up there to the vegas and it's loud and you come down to henderson and we couldn't do full capacity but our fans were really loud last year and i, I think that you know they don't realize how much we feed off it and uh, we you know we love the support we love the team behind us so the, the more fans the louder you get it's uh amazing for us and then we build off it we we try to go up there and put on a good show and get two points for the fans as well
1: who is going to score the first silver Knights goal this season
2: oh um god i don't know i mean part of me want doesn't want to say you know gage quinney but you know we we battle in practice but you know i have a good feeling about gage being a hometown guy and don't tell him this but you know in my head i think he's gonna score but we'll keep that a secret
1: well, I like to think that you guys all listen to the show, but I guess I just found out you don't. But fair enough. We'll we'll keep it a secret from Gage. Logan, I listen to the show. You know I listen to the show. I'm a fan. You're just bumping up the ratings. Logan Thompson, thank you for your time. Really appreciate it, and good luck tomorrow. We're looking forward to it.
2: Yeah, thank you very much.
1: That's Logan Thompson, Silver Knights goaltender, coming off a uh, an exceptional VGK preseason and uh, hopefully looking to possibly get his first NHL start this year if that's the way the stars align. But he's certainly ready for... Uh, another great year at the Orleans Arena to get things started. We will step aside. When we come back, we'll have AHL insider Patrick Williams to cover, uh, well, the HSK but also the rest of the American Hockey League as uh, we are just about ready to roll on the 2021-22 season. Patrick Williams on the other side of the break. Brian McCormick here with you on 1230 of The Game. This Overnight's Radio Network.
0: We are tonight's entertainment. I only have one question. Where is Brian McCormick.
1: Back on HSK Today, Brian McCormick here with you. Setting up shop at the Orleans Arena as we get ready for opening night tomorrow night for the AHL season. And no better person to have on a day like today than Patrick Williams, the AHL insider for Uh, I lose track of the list. Patrick, you're basically like the Stephen A. Smith of AHL Hockey. If there's a show or a program, you're on it. Uh, To to add to your your growing list, uh, we learned over the last couple weeks you're now going to be offering more feature content uh, at theAHL.com as well. So congratulations on that because uh, you're the perfect insider for for AHL Hockey fans and there's more and more opportunity to see your work.
0: Yeah, great. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, there is. And the fun thing about this will be I'll be able to kind of tackle more AHL-oriented issues and not kind
1: of just uh, the NHL prospects and that thing. So, you know, So needs a lot more. I'll, I'll let you open things up, Patrick. What are some of the, uh, aside from the individual teams, and we'll go into a couple of them, but for for the league as a whole, aside from just getting back to normal, as we all are trying to do, and, and successfully so, what are some of the things that the AHL going to this year has to look forward to, some things to be really excited about is, as a, a league-wide standpoint?
0: Well, everything first stems from that, that, that quest for normalcy that you know uh, both the hockey world and really everybody else is trying to find. So that kind of underlines everything that's going on. But uh, one of the big stories is, is really just how after last season where a lot of the rosters were, were very young, in some cases rather watered down, uh, you're going to see a lot more of a traditional AHL in terms of uh, a lot of good young prospects mixed in with, with some really experienced Better in town, like you see there in Henderson. Uh, you know, that that blend uh, that every team kind of needs to bring those young guys along is, is a lot more prevalent now. And uh, yeah, it was a very uh, you know kind of a very uh, dicey time for a lot of players in this league over the summer, not knowing exactly what the player market would look like. But uh, it seems like for the most part, it worked out pretty well for them. So um, yeah, for fans. For us in the media, that means uh, the real high caliber of hockey.
1: Patrick, it's an interesting point you bring up with the actual makeup of the rosters in terms of age because there are going to be a lot of experienced, impactful players who spent most of last year on taxi squads. They're now going to be back in the regular AHL mix, which is going to help the product on the ice and also, of course, give a little bit more uh, legitimacy, I think, to the, to the statistical trends we see of who's having a good season, who's having an all-star caliber season, and so on. But at the same time, we're going to lose those uh, those first-round Byfield, Drysdale, Zegris, Krebs kind of component that we were able to have last year. So we're getting a bit, but we're also losing a bit, but it sounds like you think it's going to be for the overall benefit of the product. We're getting more than we're giving away.
0: That's true, yeah, and I, you know that is definitely a loss. I mean, that was one of the really nice things about last year, is just having him mean, looking at the Ontario rain. They had Two top five prospects in their lineup, uh, you know, in Turcott and Byfield. And they, they were hardly alone. There was, you know, talent all across the league. And it was really a situation where you really had some, you know, real, real weird kind of only in 2021 situations where you had a leading scorer of the league, Seth Jarvis, in Chicago actually had to go back to the Western Hockey League. So essentially was demoted while still leaving the league and scoring. So um, <laughs> a weird year, uh, I think, the word that comes up time and time again. I think the, the other big factor is this year you're actually gonna have you're going have standing really that that matter and you're gonna have a playoff race and you're gonna have a, a championship that teams are going for. You didn't really have that last year. I mean, I know the Pacific Division you know did the little mini playoff, but it wasn't the same. And uh, that that that's I mean, you know, without playoffs without a championship, it's it's not the same. So having that back, I think, it's gonna be going to be that carrot that, that every team, every player needs, you know, You know, going through, especially the, the midpoint of the season when, you know, the game starts to pile up and, you know, teams need that, uh, you know, that thing to look forward to. Now they'll have it.
1: Talking to Patrick Williams. Now, Patrick, if you hear music in the background, we're not scoring your interviews. We just, uh, they're, they're doing some arena sound checks for tomorrow night, so I apologize for that, but uh, it makes our interview more dramatic, so that's fun. Yeah. I- <laughs> Looking to uh, the Pacific Division as the Silver Knights get ready to open tomorrow night. We're talking to AHL insider Patrick Williams. You know, the AHL's Pacific Division, all affiliated with the NHL's Pacific Division, which a lot of people have called one of the weaker divisions in the NHL this year that they believe, well, that means that a lot of those parent clubs are in rebuilding phases, which means they've got affiliates that are stocked with talent. We know Ontario is stocked with talent uh, we know that the uh, the Roadrunners are in the middle of a rebuild. This has one of the potentials to be one of the more fun divisions in the league, I think, this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, I looked at that division. I don't see one weak spot there. I mean, you look up and down that division. The Abbotsford coming in now with the Vancouver Canucks, and they stocked up over the summer. They obviously want to make a splash. Yeah. Uh, kind of like Henderson did last season, you know, you, you want to make a good first impression on your fans, especially when it's nearby. Uh, affiliation for the NHL parent team, and you look at Bakersfield; they're they're bringing back most of their talent from last year. San Diego is always dangerous. Uh, um, Colorado is always dangerous. I mean, you look at Stockton; they they made some moves. So I mean, there's not one team where you would look and you're like, all right, I'm gonna pencil that team in for last place. I mean, <laughs> so um, you know, it is gonna be an expanded playoff this year, up uh, to 23 teams. But yeah. uh, you know, really, they're gonna probably need. To- every single one of those spots i mean just in the sense that uh you know this year you won't see you won't have a situation where you know one or two really quality clubs end up missing out because uh it's a smaller field so um yeah i think it's gonna be a battle from, from start to finish in that division and uh you know, pretty much everybody across the, that, that division this summer rarely went to work uh building up their rosters and you know it's almost an arms race you know when a couple teams start doing, everyone else so obviously takes notice, and they're like, "Well, we better do something to keep up." So uh, it kind of builds on it, and yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's great to see. I mean, you're really going to have, I think, you know, some really high quality uh, playoff races down the stretch.
1: Patrick, that was one of the big stories of the off season, was the uh, the expanded playoff format. What do you think of that? It's obviously designed to get more young prospects playing meaningful hockey and more reps, but it's definitely unorthodox.
0: Yeah, on <laughs> the talks. I mean, I remember when I first saw it, and you know, I, I almost had to sit there and diagram it out, you know, like <laughs> to make sense of it. Um, all I can say is just keep a close eye on the standings. Uh, it's it's very complex, and um, you know, basically, it all comes down to point percentage um, rather than points this year because of an uneven number of games for a lot of teams around the league, and and then different numbers of teams making the playoffs uh, per division. So uh, the bottom line is twenty-three make it. Uh, uh, sort of the, the you know the boiler uh, boiled down version is uh, there's a small qualifying round at the you know at the start, and then after that it kind of gets normal again. So yeah. um, if you sort of look past that uh, that qualifying round, it's more or less the same as it's been before. But uh, yes, yeah, just getting to that point where. Uh, I don't envy the people in the lead office that so have to, you know, put together you yeah. know, all the possible, you know, playoff scenarios. You know, in the last week or two of the season.
1: I thought to myself, it was like in basketball when they were explaining the playoff format. Uh, then <laughs> the Southwest North the inner division will face the Western Southern in a consecutive sack races until a champion is crowned. But it'll be fun when we get to it. Um, Talking to Patrick Williams, when you look at last year, how much stock... Now, I know each year there's there's roster turnover, new prospects, veterans change locations, but, you know, there's usually a good nucleus of guys that return that you have a bit of an expectation of what a team's capable of based on the year before. How much stock can we put in last year's results? Because last year, of course, there was the pandemic abnormalcy, but we also had a, a half season, and, you know, sometimes teams have great 30-game stretches and then terrible 40-game stretches, and they miss the playoffs altogether. Can we really take a lot from last year as we try to project ahead
0: yeah i think that really depends on the division if, if you're looking at, at the pacific division i thought it was barely normal last season i mean other than the obviously the the uh, much smaller number of games but yeah. it was sort of these those other divisions where you know you like you look at providence they played two 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 or three teams all season um, yeah. and they would play the same opponent you know six seven times in a row and um I found that really hard to gauge much because you know you have players coming in. all you know, the lineup you have the taxi squad, uh, and then you know, you know they're playing on you know weekday afternoons and empty practice range. So I, I found that um, quite a bit different. You know in terms of trying to to evaluate you know who's what and you know how much does a given team have. But uh, you know, sort of I, I think in the Pacific Division, I mean you had a pretty normal feel to it, you know, especially once the teams kind of found their pace and their rhythm. Uh, so I find that division a lot easier to, to, to kind of make sense of, but some of these other divisions, it was it was pretty chaotic, and uh, there, I don't know that if there's a whole lot you can take from last season with them.
1: One of the things we expect to happen every year is over the summer, you know, good coaches get promoted, they go to the NHL, there's always a little bit of coaching staff turnover. Is there any team you think that's going to have a particular challenge in... in- making that adjustment you look at a you know Hershey losing Spencer Carberry that's a big loss obviously but they've done a pretty good job hiring coaches in the past is anybody facing a particular hurdle you think
0: yeah that's that's a big loss for Hershey especially the way it came you know fairly late in the summer I mean they did bring in Scott Allen uh they do have a good history of like you said bringing in uh quality coaches I think Laval could be a situation you know you look at them losing Joel Bouchard uh going to San Diego and um he's he's Really did a, a great job there, kind of rebuilding that 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 whole operation from the from the bottom up when he came in uh, back in 2018, and, and there are with not much there. I mean, not only in terms of what prospects they have, but just the overall structure and the overall you know makeup of what they were trying to do there. So um, he brought a lot of uh, order. Uh, now he's going to bring that to San Diego uh, for the time being. And, um, I won't be surprised if at some point. Does end up going up to Anaheim, but uh, um, I think for for sure, Laval definitely that that was a pretty big hit for them over the summer. Um, you know, it, it's really strange though to to look at because you have a lot of teams now coming off uh, dual affiliations from last year, so now they're kind of going back to that one affiliation. Uh, you have coaches moving around, so um, yeah, this this is as chaotic as I ever ever recall. You know, really at any level of hockey.
1: Over the next, uh, well, I'd say roughly 10 hours or so, we're going to see all AHL rosters uh, unveiled. Some of them are trickling out. Uh, so unfair for you to give a, a holistic vision of what you expect, but yeah, I think we have a general idea of what some of these rosters are going to look like. Is there any team you're particularly excited to see what they can do this year?
0: Yeah, I mean, um, Syracuse in the East uh, always. Um, Charlotte, for sure, in the sense that uh, they won the Corner Cup in 2019 with Carolina and now they come back with uh, not one but two new affiliates in Florida and Seattle, and uh, they're pretty stocked again. So I mean, you have a possibility where they could win the cup. I won't say in back-to-back years, but back-to-back
1: um eligible no, oh, yes. <laughs> years. Um,
0: you know, with two you know completely different affiliates. Uh, so that would be a, a pretty wild story. And then um, out west, I mean, I, I I have no feel right now for the Pacific Division just because it is so stocked and. Um, I think a lot of that will come down to what NHL parent clubs do. Uh, you know, they start pulling up some of those prospects in the second half. They want to take a look at them. That could obviously weaken some teams, but uh, you know, I, I don't see a whole lot of uh, weak spots around the league. Where, where, you know, a team where you're like, well, okay, they're they're going to finish at the bottom. And some of the the, the typical bottom feeders, like you know, the Jersey Devils for for the last number of years, have had pretty tough job of it, but. They did a really good job um, uh, putting things back together. Uh, their new Philly Utica, they brought in Kevin Deane from San Diego, so they look a lot better. Uh, so yeah, there's not a whole lot of weakness really around the league. I mean, uh, the other thing too is you didn't have a ton of talent go over to Europe in the summer. I think just given everything that's going on in the world, I think a lot of players did want to stay closer to home. So mm. I think that definitely kept uh, kept the the overall talent base and the level here uh, a lot better
1: than it would otherwise he's patrick williams you can find his work on the ahl.com he also writes for nhl.com elite prospects.com the around the a podcast he's basically everywhere patrick before we let you go is there anything uh, upcoming that you'd like to tease on uh, any of those platforms
0: yeah uh, friday i'll have a full a- ahl preview on the uh, that, that's That's always fun to do. I I won't be making standing predictions, Uh, as I said on Twitter this week. It's uh, kind of a fool's errand, and you know it always comes back to burn me. uh, I've had at least one time where uh, my prediction ended up on the bulletin board of the team. I really (laughs) not repeat that again.
1: Well, at the very least, I'm going to let you do all my pregame prep for me. I'm glad you're going to be on (laughs) AHL.com, and uh, the more the merrier from Patrick Williams, and you can follow Patrick Williams at PWilliamsAHL, at PWilliamsAHL. Patrick, thanks so much for joining us, and we'll do this again soon. Great. Sounds
0: good. Thanks.
1: That's AHL insider Patrick Williams. We will step aside and when we come back we'll wrap things up on this Thursday afternoon as we get ready for opening day tomorrow night at the Orleans Arena. Brian McCormick here with you on 1230 of the game, the Silver Knights Radio Network. A man become preeminent, he is expected to have
3: enthusiasms. 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 What a mine? What draws my admiration?
0: What is that which gives me joy? Brian McCormick
1: We have a few minutes left as we wrap up HSK Today. Special thanks to today's guests, Logan Thompson and Patrick Williams, getting us rolling towards the regular season. The first of 68 contests will be tomorrow night at 7 o'clock at the Orleans Arena. Both games, all games, I should say, this season can be heard right here on 1230, the game. You can also subscribe to AHL TV. Head to watchtheahl.com, watchtheahl.com, and subscribe to AHL TV. And, of course, we're going to have 15 games televised this season between the CW Las Vegas and MyLVTV. And our first televised game will be Sunday with a 4 p.m. start. Uh, So you can tune in to us on the CW Las Vegas there as well. So lots of opportunities for you to watch HSK Hockey. Speaking of watching hockey, uh, I've done a lot of that the last two days. Boy, I missed it. Uh, I've... I I feel like I'm enjoying it even more this year than last year. And, of course, I love hockey as much as anybody. Last year, I I think the pandemic got to all of us in one way or another, and there was something about watching the games with empty buildings. It was still better than nothing, but you missed that, that energy and that electricity. Uh, oh, man, it's been good the last two days. It's been so much fun. and Jared, have you been watching hockey, or have you just been preparing for for me to call in and bother you?
3: No, no, I've been watching a ton of hockey. I've been really enjoying all the creative ways that these uh, more recent broadcasters have managed to mess up our local hockey team's uh, acronyms. <laughs> I
1: was nothing. it's amazing how that, how an abbreviation can take over the internet. But yeah, I was, I want to get your, your thoughts. What did you think of uh, the ESPN and the TNT telecast the last two nights? What they did good, what they could work on aside from abbreviations.
3: Okay. See, I got, I got caught <laughs> up in the abbreviation. I, <laughs> I think that they focused a little too. It was a, a lot of it was very heavy handed except for obviously, you know, Charles Barkley for <laughs> Which you can't go wrong with Charles Barkley, but uh, no, the 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 a lot of it was very like the moment you step on the ice and you feel the rush of a dr- and it's just like, yep. yeah, I, I, okay, you need some of that, but
1: also, come on, guys, it's hockey's fun, that's that's very true. I'm gonna be interested, I thought ESPN did a good job in a lot of ways. Uh, I th- I thought that the uh, the intermission panels with Messier and Chelios, and, uh, rather than taking guys who have been retired for a year and a half and throwing them behind the desk, they took guys who are legends who are on posters on my bedroom wall and used them, and I thought it went really, really well. I thought Rick Tockett on TNT was very good. Uh, Paul Bizonets of the younger generation, but he's involved in everything hockey media and spitting and chiclets, and he's... He's funny and charismatic I liked I liked a lot of what I saw from those uh, those intermission panels
3: I really enjoyed that they they've that I I've been a big Linda Cohn fan for for forever so I was really yeah. excited to be like oh cool
1: okay we're actually using her awesome and and, and the funny thing, for butcher Gras you could say the same you can tell yeah. it it wasn't just that they were assigned to it it's like they were they they've were dreaming of this happening at some point so it was it was good to see that they were having fun with it uh, I will say I will say one thing, for ESPN, the first game, it was very, very nostalgia-driven, as it should be, you know, the old theme, and uh, hockey's back on ESPN, it'll be interesting to see when that's worn off, and it's all about the game at hand on that given night, how they handle that, but uh, pretty good start to the new broadcast uh, landscape for the NHL. Well, that's going to do it for us on HSK Today, once again, thank you to Logan Thompson and to Patrick Williams for joining us, we'll be back. With more HSK today, next week, every Thursday at two P.M. here on twelve thirty of the game. But we're gonna to talk to you well before that because opening night is tomorrow night at the Orleans Arena. We'll drop the puck at seven PM pre-game coverage at six thirty here on twelve thirty of the game. I'm Brian McCormick. Thank you so much for spending your Thursday afternoon with us. We'll see you tomorrow night for HSK hockey here on the Silver Knights Radio Network.